Hi everybody, it's Erin. Before we get into this episode, I just really wanted to do a quick trigger warning. Obviously, you guys can tell by the title of this episode that it's going to be about miscarriages and pretty much everything of the sort, and I just wanted to get like put a really quick trigger warning in case the topic at all triggers you. I wanted to give you guys just kind of that warning and just let you know, and I also wanted to add really quickly that this is based solely on my mom's personal experience and statistics that we found on the internet. So this is just, like I said, based on personal experience. And without further ado, we'll just get into the episode. Hi everybody, it's Erin and welcome back to the Love You Mean It podcast. This week's episode is sort of a solo, but I'm here with a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Cheryl Sullivan. I'm Erin's mom. (laughs) Ooh, so exciting. Lucky you. Yeah, if you guys listened to the episode a while ago, Jamie came on the podcast in like December of last year. She was our first guest ever, so that was pretty cool. But if you guys listened to that episode, this is another member of my family. I have a dad as well, but maybe he'll come on one day, but like I don't even know what I would ask him. That'd be a tough one. Well, you could do a landscaping gardening thing. He's very <laughs> good into that. He's really good at butterflies and yeah. flowers and plants. Yeah, so, so he'd be good at that. Okay. Like springtime. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in hearing a podcast all about grass, l- let me know. <laughs> grass, flowers, butterflies, birds. Yeah. He's good at nature stuff. No, so you n- could yeah, do anything right. like that. I don't know. I thought about bringing him on for part of this episode too because I was like, maybe we could talk about like the male experience, but I was like, nah, just as a conversation for my mother and I. If you guys obviously couldn't tell by the title, I don't really know what we're titling this episode yet, but we're going to be talking about miscarriages today and feminine issues because if you guys didn't know, October is National Infant and Pregnancy Loss Month and my mom has some personal experience with the topic and so I asked her if she'd like to be on the episode kind of as like a joke because I thought you would say no and she so graciously said yes. Are you nervous? This is my mom's first podcast. Oh, I wouldn't say nervous. It's just... An interesting topic to be talking about. It's been a while since I talked about it. Yeah, I know. We'll see how it goes. Well, no, that's like, I obviously told everybody listening because if you guys don't follow us on Instagram, I posted on there. So you guys really should be following us on Instagram because then you would know ahead of time that I was doing episodes like this. But I was telling people that I was doing this episode and like people in my personal life were asking me questions. Like Meg was asking me questions, Ariel. And I was like, we've never really talked about this that much. You and me or you and your friends? No, me and you. Like no, I wouldn't say. I mean, we really haven't. Yeah, so I was like, it could. It it, I mean, it would be interesting. <laughs> so, like I said, it's National Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And before we get into the episode, if anybody is currently going through this or has gone through this in the past, I'm so sorry. And hopefully, this episode will give you some sort of like solace. Not necessarily solace, I guess, but just knowing that there's other people to go through it with you. Because like, wouldn't you say that like you kind of feel like you're the only one going through it when you go through something like that when it happens you're you're definitely like on your little island all by yourself and you're like why me and what did i do that's the big one you know it happens it happens and you just kind of have to get past it somehow Mm -hmm. and i know people do it in all different ways you have people who lean on you know family members which is pretty much what i did because i just had my mom or you know michael my husband and you know you get through it yeah we're going to be getting into some statistics what to do next and what to never ever say to somebody who's going through this and then getting into my mom's personal story but before we do i wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping so sorry mom you're not going to have much to say here but if you guys are new here definitely follow us on instagram at love you muted podcast because like i said i posted on the instagram that i was doing this topic and i also asked you guys for questions so i guess i didn't say that but we are going to be having listener questions Woo! uh obviously not the most exciting (laughs) My mom just gave the most sarcastic thumbs up, but like, obviously it's not an exciting topic, but it's just cool that people are like interested in talking about it and learning more. So definitely follow us on Instagram if you want to, I don't know, if you just want to like stay tuned with all the episodes, Meg does the social media and she does a great job. We're like six followers away from a thousand followers. And so it's really exciting and we're doing a giveaway. So if you want to make an Instagram account, mom, you can participate in the giveaway. We're giving away our merch. You should just give it to me naturally. <laughs> I don't want to be signing up for Instagram. I know. But, but no, I don't have an account and all my friends want me to get an account. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do once I had one. I know. But I guess I could. I'm not really technology savvy. <laughs> yeah. Um. You, you can be our 1000 follower. But okay. I mean, I 
the point so we're recording this episode on saturday afternoon and so by then we could have a thousand followers so if you're listening to this and we do we're doing a giveaway so definitely get excited for that so i know one of the requirements is going to be to follow us on instagram so go do that whatever also if you guys didn't know we have a link in the show notes to every single episode where you can donate to the podcast we by no means expect or forcing anybody to donate to the podcast but we do really appreciate it that money can go in the future to better equipment i was just telling my mom about how this microphone sucks and then for giveaways in the future like we said earlier we have merch so the link to the merch shop is going to be in the show notes down below you can purchase from it and we're going to be doing stickers soon which is really exciting which is going to be not through redbubble we're purchasing ones for us and we're going to be selling them for cheaper because the ones from redbubble are like eight dollars which is so expensive for like a sticker that is a lot because we need to mark it up to get some sort of money for ourselves but then like it's so expensive no one's going to want to buy it so definitely stay tuned for that because we'll be talking about it now that we're done with all of that chatter and all the housekeeping we're going to be getting into everybody's favorite segment so if you guys are new here our podcast is called love you mean it obviously and so every single week we talk about what we're loving and recently we started adding what we're hating because we realized that we're having a lot of toxic positivity and we want to kind of round it out so i'm going to let my beloved mother my favorite guest ever Start it off. So what are you hating this week, Shells? Well, I have to say, I'm going to give two things that I hate this week. Ooh. This is fall time, and I absolutely hate allergies. They are the worst. And the other thing I'm hating is I recently got a promotion at work, and I really am disliking leaving my old team. Mm-hmm. I've been with them for four years. I will miss all of them. But being that we're all virtual, we still can text and talk during work, but it's just going to be hard not working with them anymore Mm -hmm. no but that's so exciting though that you got a new job she's got a raise guys and she's going to be doing so many other things so exciting thankfully you get to still work from home though that is a definite plus especially during these covid times i love working from home i really like it i know she has like we're in my parents bedroom right now and they have like a little office i would i guess i would say like right off of the bedroom and it's so cute and she just gets to work up there and then when i sleep over i get to like run upstairs and i'm like good morning it's the best but what i'm hating this week is so annoying you guys so i talked about it a few weeks ago that what i was loving was my convertible and my convertible bug i love her her name's sky and then I have another car that's, it's not even mine, it's my dad's, but I was, I used it for like four years and his name's Jonah. So that's what I'm going to kind of be referring to them as, but Sky's been having quite a lot of issues. I got it for free because my aunt passed away in September. It's been a year now. How crazy is that? But I, she, like I was given her car, which is so nice, but it has just been so expensive. <laughs> like I've just had to get so many things done. And a few weeks ago, like I was talking about how I had to get like my brake light replaced and now I had to get my headlight replaced and my window was stuck. And you guys, we literally had to order, it's like special order this one part and get it flown in. (laughs) It's so expensive. You guys, you have no idea. And so that car is out of commission. I'm going to get it back Monday, hopefully. But then yesterday, my dad went to drive up Jonah to my apartment so that I could use him. And he broke down too. Like the battery is messed up, all the stuff. It's just a real wreck over here. How do you feel about all my car issues? On um, the car issues are rough. We're just bleeding thousands of dollars right yeah, now. Yeah. Between the fun. house and cars, we're just, the hits keep coming. The, we'll the hits keep coming it. and they don't stop coming? No, they haven't stopped coming. I don't know. It's just so annoying. I know, like, I looked up, you know, how people talk about, like, mercury retrograde and all that. It's supposed to affect, like, transportation and cars and all that, but Mercury is not retrograding, so my life just sucks. (laughs) I can't blame it on the stars. Like, it just sucks. We just need new cars. Someday. Yeah, someday. But what are you loving this week, Mom? I am loving the fact that we just had our house painted and all these contractors are gone now. I don't have to wake up to them with ladders. I don't have to listen to the banging. They are done. And my house looks awesome. It looks so good. And I'm also loving that I'm starting a new position on Monday, and it's a whole new work time journey, so that'll be fun. A whole new world. A whole new world. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought about singing. Sometimes Meg and I will like, sing I on here, sing. but I, I really can't sing, so it would just be embarrassing. Yeah. But that's just so exciting. It's going to be so fun. I can't believe you got the job, like, still. 
yeah, I'm kind of shocked myself. But Baller. apparently I answered all the questions, right? So apparently my mom is super cool, guys. So when you're listening to this, she's already started her new job. So hopefully it's gone well. That is true. I, I can't imagine that it wouldn't, but yeah. No, it'll be fun. But what I'm loving this week is the fall foliage. I asked my mom if that was like a lame answer to give and she said no. So I'm going to say it. We live kind of. I don't know why I said kind of. We live in the woods. Like, my parents' house is in the woods. And so, like, driving here, I was driving in between all these trees and the leaves were falling. And I was like, this looks like it's out of a movie, you know? I don't know. I'm just really grateful for it because I love the foliage. And I feel like even with COVID and everything, it really makes you realize, like, how great the outdoors is. My mom doesn't like the outdoors because of her allergies. And I... I, I mean, I feel like everybody got knocked down with allergies this past week, you know? But yeah, I don't know. I just really love watching the leaves fall on the trees and like the colors change and everything. Can't wait to crunch through some leaves. I'm excited that I don't live here anymore so I don't have to rake them. Well, now we have a tractor to pick them up. I was going to say, I'll probably, I, w- I would probably still have come home and like helped you. There's nothing like fall in New England. With oh, the, I know. With the leaves changing and autumn in New England's very pretty. It's just such a vibe, you know? <laughs> I've been teaching my mom slang and I, she learned vibe a few weeks ago. So honestly, like the leaves changing, sit it. Oh, and we got pumpkin cream cold brews this morning. That was the vibe. We, so we've been watching Love is Blind. Been loving that. I like my new word phrasing of tea better. Tea. Well, that's really from your sister. Though. Yeah. But she gets so excited when I use it properly in a sentence. So that's always funny. It's just so funny. Like the word tea is just so funny. I don't know. Yeah, so I guess that's it for the segment, but without further ado, we'll just get into the topic. Okay, so obviously this is not going to be like the easiest conversation or like super fun, you know, but like I said, this conversation got the idea, I guess, was sparked by October being National Infant and Pregnancy Loss Month and also by Chrissy Teigen. So like, did you see like everything about her losing her son? I vaguely remember hearing something about it on Good Morning America, which I listened to when I'm working on the grind but i don't really remember the details of it if you guys have no idea like my mother i think a few weeks ago at this point maybe like two or three maybe two like chrissy teigen posted on instagram these like really intimate like personal photos of her in the hospital like because she announced that she was pregnant a few weeks ago and then she posted that she was having like some bleeding and then like a week or two ago she posted like pictures at the hospital that she had to go into like early labor and like give birth to her son because he'd passed away and they were just like really i'll link her instagram post down below but they were it was they was just like really sad and she was talking about how like they had named him and everything i don't know i just thought it was like it hurt me to look at all the comments were saying how much it helped them how like they've been through like miscarriage or like stillbirth before and how like it really because like I think she was only like 25 weeks pregnant or something. That's pretty far along. Which is pretty far along. And so I was like, I can even imagine how like hard that is. And so obviously that like had an effect on me. That's worse. Yeah. But it's so far along. But all the comments were like, this really helped me. Like I've been through this too. Like it was like, I know, I think her name's like Kate Beckingsdale or something. What's her name? I don't know. She posted as well that like she'd had a miscarriage at 20 weeks and she was like, I never talked about it. And she was like, this made me wish that I had like all this stuff. And I don't know. Obviously, as a 22 year old who's never been pregnant before, like it just it had an enough of an effect on me that I was like, hey, maybe bringing a conversation like this to my podcast would be helpful. Obviously, a large majority of our audience, I think 80 percent of our audience is 18 to 27 so it makes sense yes yeah so it's not really the age when most people are getting pregnant but seven percent of people are over 27 so like 28 and above so if anybody's listening and they've been through any of this experience like i said i just thought it'd be a beneficial conversation like i think when like with grandma's age range Mm -hmm. i think they got pregnant like more like the early 20s yeah late teens early 20s and I think, like, my generation, like, the 50s, we tended to get pregnant more, like, mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. And I think even your generation is even going higher than that. Oh, I yeah. think it's pretty common for you guys to, like, getting pregnant in the early 30s. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like so many people, like, my co-host it's Meg, who's on. not here, obviously, but, like, even she said that, like, she doesn't want to have kids until like she's above like she's older than 30 
which, which I think is hard with the biological clock that yeah, most guess. women have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you feel like this is this isn't like a question I had, but it's like, do you feel like more people are having like miscarriages and things like that now, or do you think people are just like talking about it more? Well, I don't know if people are actually having more miscarriages now. I think as far as fertility, I think it's probably harder now only because I think, again, people are waiting later. Mm -hmm. And I think just your body in general is probably more able to do all that when you're younger versus as you're older and things are starting to die down. Yeah. I think it's harder to get pregnant, which I think is why more women are having infertility issues Mm -hmm. mind you i am not medically trained but just from talking to friends or hearing kids or you know just listening to general conversations i think that's what's happening in today's day and age so um, i found this really interesting article about like when this month like this it's not a holiday but i guess like this awareness month was created and so i thought i would read it i found like a paragraph on october 25th 1988 president reagan i had no idea designated the entire month of October 1988 as Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. On that day, he said, quote, When a child loses his parent, they are called an orphan. When a spouse loses his or her partner, they are called a widow or widower. When parents lose their child, there isn't a word to describe them. This month recognizes the loss so many parents experience across the United States and around the world. It is also meant to inform and provide resources for parents who have lost children due to miscarriage, ectopic pregnancy, molar pregnancy, stillbirth, birth defects, SIDS, and other causes. Now, therefore, I, Ronald Reagan, President of the United States of America, do hereby proclaim the month of October as Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. I call upon the people of the United States to observe this month with appropriate programs, ceremonies, and activities. I didn't even know that this month was that. Neither did I until like... I have always associated October with Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yes. But when you think about it, it kind of all goes together. It's kind of like women's health kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into talking more about like women's health issues too in general. But I feel like something that a lot of people don't realize is how many people experience miscarriages. I found a statistic that said about one in four women has ex- experienced miscarriage at some point in their life, which is crazy. I think you may not know about it because I don't know how often it's talked about Mm because pretty much like being swept under the rug probably isn't a good thing. But like once when it's happening, it's an issue. But then when you finally actually get pregnant, that sticks. The fact that you even had a miscarriage is going to go by the wayside. Mm -hmm. Like with me and my experience, I had two miscarriages prior to having my amazing daughter Erin and one of them was like 10 weeks and the other one I think was sooner like six or seven weeks Mm -hmm. my first one was more traumatic because you're trying to get pregnant and you were pregnant yeah and you told people so the families knew our friends didn't know yet I think maybe my close girlfriends did, Mm -hmm. but it's been quite a few years since all that happened. It's been like 25 years. I know the family knew and I know Michael's best friend knew and probably my best friend at the time, Sue, knew and maybe other close friends like Lynn. Once people know and you experience a miscarriage, that was the hardest because like like people knowing that you were going through it that people knew that you were pregnant and then you have a miscarriage which my first one my first miscarriage was traumatic just because a it happened and we thought like we were in the clear because we were at it was 10 or 12 weeks Mm -hmm. we were like farther along not far like 25 weeks yeah that's 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 serious Mm -hmm. not far along But as far as everybody knowing and then losing it, because my experience was I started spotting and I went to the doctor and they're like, at that point, they didn't hear the heartbeat anymore. So it was done. Mm -hmm. So I ended up having to go back and have a DNC, which they scoop it all out or whatever. That's what I did for the first one. But that was the hardest one because like everybody knew... And then when I had to come home and tell my mother, I couldn't even tell her. I called her to tell her and I handed the phone to dad. 
yeah to make up because i couldn't even say it mm-hmm. and that was uh, that was bad yeah like i can't even like i think about this all the time like obviously i'm 22 like i'm not really planning to have kids in the next like couple of years Mm -hmm. but like i don't know i always think about when i like get a little older and i i start like having kids or whatever like i don't even know what i would do because obviously i would assume most people listening would know but they recommend a lot of the times like waiting until like 12 weeks to tell people i guess but like Mm -hmm. tell people probably more like externally like external family members and stuff Mm -hmm. or like celebrities and stuff like that but it's like i don't like i literally can't hold on to anything so i feel like i would tell you like immediately but then also like but that's normal but then miscarriage is like so common that it's like oh my god i don't know if i want to but also like i think to some extent even though it is like hard to like have people know that you were pregnant and then go through a miscarriage like i wouldn't want to go through that by myself no but like you want to tell your close people and i would still tell my close my close people Mm -hmm. but like to tell the whole family I would, well, we'll get into that again later when we talk about it further, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, I would not and I did not do that mm-hmm. the following times. But leading up to that first miscarriage, I just wanted to say that I think having a miscarriage is hard no matter what. But if you're having troubles getting pregnant, then you get pregnant and then have that miscarriage, I think that's worse. Mm-hmm. I had trouble getting pregnant. Part of my issue was... When I was younger, I had surgery and I was left with pretty much a a reconstructed fallopian tube and like an eighth of an ovary. That's all I had to work with. Mm -hmm. So when I went to the doctor and said, yeah, we're trying to get pregnant and I can't get pregnant. They're like, we're not even dealing with you and sent me right to an infertility doctor. Mm -hmm. Now, there's infertility treatments that women go through that is way worse than anything I ever experienced. I mean, we did our temperature. We did um, calendar charting. But other than that, they're like, well, let, I had an exploratory surgery thing. They went in. They said, nothing's wrong with you and closed me up. But while they were in there, they like do saline solution or whatever so they could see if there's any issues. Mm-hmm. Somehow something happened where they like unlodged something because like that following week, like... I was pregnant right after that. Mm -hmm. But there's women who go through horrific shots and surgery, like all sorts of stuff with infertility treatments. And so I think it's just a matter of my experience as far as getting pregnant was nothing as bad as some women go through. Mm -hmm. And then when they go through all that and get pregnant and then have a miscarriage, I think it's even... Although my experience was bad and it was devastating to me, I think it's even worse in that scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like when it comes to stuff like this, it can be, like, subjective, I guess. Like, but it still is important. Like, it still is your experience. Like, Mm -hmm. even if it, like, I hate when people are like, oh, other people have it worse. It's like, okay, but, like, this was, like, everything's catastrophic when it happens to you, you know? Yes. It's, it was definitely... That first miscarriage was, that was bad. Just because you weren't, like, expecting it. You were so excited. We thought we were in the clear. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was sometime 10 or 12. I think it was almost 12 weeks. Yeah. But, um, well, then we got pregnant. And then the f- we got pregnant again. And then we didn't tell a soul. Yeah. I think we told my mother. And probably his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, not really sure. But then probably that was about five or six weeks in. I think it was like a routine thing. Like that really wasn't any big deal. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal as far as the outcome of it. Because then you were kind of like, I don't know, you were kind of like excited to be pregnant yeah. again. And then like within five weeks, it was like. It was, like, here and gone so yeah. quick. And, like, nobody, like, you didn't tell anybody. So, it's, like, did that even happen? You know? Yeah. Yeah, like, it was, that was, it was just shocking that it was even over again. And then you just keep trying again and hoping you get pregnant. And then you're wondering if it's ever going to happen. And after that time, I don't know how long it was between, like, the pregnancies. But then I got pregnant and I remember the doctor was, like, laughing at me. Because he's, like, I wasn't believing I was pregnant. 
I'm like, I'm not saying anything. I didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. And I had gone in and he's like, nope, you're good. You're good. I'm like, nope. He's like, yeah, he was pretty much laughing at me like jokingly like what is wrong with you like you're pregnant you're supposed to be i'm like well i just lost the last two like yeah I'm not it's like hard jumping up and down yeah it's hard to like get yourself I'm excited like, you know and you like don't want to and he like because this was a checkup time mm-hmm. and he like marched me down the hallway and like did another ultrasound he's like see see it's there it's beating it's good We're, so then then i kind of was like excited was that me that was you so exciting and now here we are besties yep Yep, that was you. <laughs> yep, that's me. I found another statistic too, which I thought was interesting, and it said research shows that about ten to twenty percent of all pregnancies ended in miscarriage. They said it's probably on like the higher end of that, like more to twenty, but that the number is expected to be even higher than that because like many women don't even know they're pregnant. Yeah, like, I could see where you don't even like you wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. Or like it's so early on, it just happens. I found another statistic too that said that one in a hundred pregnancies are affected by stillbirth, which I didn't realize it was like, I feel like that's pretty high. Yeah, I don't have a lot of experience with that. And I'm, I'm glad I don't because that's a totally different, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's what that person the celebrity went through and mm-hmm. i'm sure there's a lot of women i do know somebody that that did happen to and i can't even imagine that yeah because you know you're giving birth like and you're you going can't through even all of enjoy that. yeah the outcome of it and it's just devastating i know like um there's no words i follow this like one blogger and like she used to live in la and um she went to like this church and like one of the he he wasn't like a pastor or something i think he was just like a leader at the church but like his wife was pregnant and like went full term and gave birth to the baby and she was stillborn and i was like i cannot even no there's no words for imagine that, that. kind of going off of that that twenty four thousand babies a year are born stillborn which is so that seems so high i'm really sorry it's if so anybody's sad. listening to this and like that's happened to them like i can't even imagine like what you're going through and obviously like We don't have personal experience with this, but, like, I know Meg knows somebody that her baby was stillborn, which is awful, and I don't know, hopefully this podcast can at least, like, give you something to let people know, like, just to let you know that, like, people are here for you and have had similar experiences. And you're not alone. Yes, that is the number one thing. Nobody is alone in this, because there's, if you don't have family or friends to lean on, there's so many support groups or so many people that you can reach out and talk to. You're definitely not alone. That's kind of where I'm going next. So good segue, mom. And my next portion was about like what to do next and like kind of like when it comes to whether or not whether you are going through a miscarriage or stillbirth situation or whether you're like the spouse or like the friend of someone that's going through a situation. Like I found some good info that I can link some like I can, I can put some links in the description box. I found this article and it said there's no guidebook when it comes to losing a child, but to look into support groups, discuss your emotions with your family or your partner and to take care of yourself. But all you can do, I mean, it's it's hard and there's really nothing else. But the biggest thing is to talk about it or, you know, some people don't want to talk about it, but if you're going to keep it bottled up inside and it's going to create all this anxiety and angst, like you need to find some kind of outlet. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to talk about it, then maybe your outlet is, you know, people run or people exercise, mm-hmm. people do, you know, whatever you want to do. But somehow you need to become at peace with it. As stinky as it is, you got to find some peace with it and then so you can move on. Mm-hmm. And then I found an article too. I don't really know like what you're kind of perspective would be on this but like if someone in your life has lost a child like I read that just like letting them know that like you're there for them is helpful like what advice would you give to somebody that has like a friend or a family member or like a spouse that like lost a child like coming from the person that didn't like what would you like what advice would you give to the person to like help them all you can do is really let them know that you're there for them and Mm -hmm. like whatever they need but they kind of have to let you know what they need. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you know, offer advice, but you're just not in their head at that moment. So maybe they want to talk. Maybe you don't even need to talk about that particular thing, but just like go do something or, you know, 
it's really up to what they need at the moment to get themselves through it. Some people go through it very quickly and some people, based on their own experience, maybe this is the first time and they can kind of not move past it, but like not dwell on it and try to continue on. Some people have had a lot of miscarriages mm-hmm. and I think in that case, it's a lot harder. So all you can do is be there for them because mm-hmm. you don't know what they need or how you can help them. Yeah. Because a lot of people go through things differently when Mm -hmm. it comes to grief or anything. Like, some people want to talk about it. Some people don't. Like, that's like Meg and I are very different in the way when it comes to, like, our emotions and stuff. I'm the kind of person where, like, if something's bothering me or, like, I'm upset or, like, having lost somebody in the past, like, I'm the kind of person that, like, wants to talk about it. And, like, that's my way of, like, moving on. But, like, I know for Meg, for example, she hates talking about that kind of stuff. I think you made a good point that it's important just... To, like, let them know that you're there for them. But my next topic was about what you should never say to somebody that's going through this. So, is there anything that, like, you... Any advice you would give for things to never say to somebody? For example, I got a few quotes that I I think they're pretty good. This happens to everyone. So No, that's not true. Like, like, it's like saying that to somebody that goes through, like, a miscarriage. Um, At least you have other kids. Yeah. And then, like, everything is going to be okay. Like, I don't know. We did an episode in the past. If you guys listened to it, it's one of our most popular episodes ever. You should listen. But it's about toxic positivity. Like, you know what that is, right? Yeah, it's kind of like a being positive, but having like an, an underlying tone. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. It's more just like being overly positive and like not allowing yourself to feel. So you're like, oh, everything happens for a reason. Or, or like, oh, this happens to everybody. Or like, oh, no, like it's going to be fine. Like, like, everything's going to be okay. Like, no, it's not. I just lost somebody. I'm, like, you have the right to be upset, you know? So, like, is there anything that I didn't say that, like, somebody's saying to you would, like... Well, there's some things, like, I think that everything happens for a reason is a valid statement. Mm-hmm. However, the person needs to have and has the right to feel however it is they're feeling at the moment. Real talk. But I think as a society or friends or family, you need to try to help to guide them out of that so they can not dwell on it and somehow, some way, get past that particular moment and move on so they're not stuck in that space and time because you still have to move on. Mm -hmm. Yes, it sucks. It definitely sucks, but you need to be able to move on. I think that was good advice. We're going to get into my questions for you and kind of talk. I mean, we already we started talking about your story a little bit and like your experience, but have some further questions. So, I mean, we kind of already talked about everything, but would you like to talk about how you met dad? Oh, God. Before you even started about having two ugly children? Just kidding. <laughs> my children are not ugly. No, but I think um, the story is so cute. So, I mean, I didn't really realize we were going to talk about your experience earlier. So, like, this was kind of, this was going to kind of, like, start, like, kick off everything to start on a lighter note. But I just think it's a cute story. So, if you'd like to share. My husband, Michael, has a very big family. And he has a brother, Tommy, who lives the next town over. Well, I had a friend, Patty, who I grew up with on when we were younger and we would boat. And our families were boaters. So we had boats and everybody boated together and we all hung out and we were really close friends. Well, I went to college first and she went to college after me. So during that time, we kind of lost touch. Mm-hmm. Well, I had moved to Florida and I had to come back to Connecticut and started working in Fairfield. And she heard I was back in town. So she came to where I worked. And I went, and in the meantime, she had gotten married to Michael's brother, Tommy. Tea, guys. See, this is when you could use tea. (laughs) So she invited me over for dinner and, you know, talk about her wedding. And while I was there, she pulled out the wedding album. And I was like, oh, who is that? And she's like, oh, that's just Michael. And she flipped the page. (laughs) And I'm like, there he is again. He's kind of cute. She's like, well... I will tell you, I do not do blind dates. I do not set people up. Yeah. She goes, I will, however, arrange for you to be in the same place at the same time. And then whatever happens, happens. (laughs) Well, come to find out, 
she invited me to her house for a championship football game that was like on Sunday afternoon. So I was going there. And lo and behold, it was her birthday two days before and Michael was coming. Tea. <laughs> so we hung out and we watched the football game and they decided to go bowling. Anybody who knows me knows I hate bowling. <laughs> Wait. I absolutely hate bowling. I love bowling. I don't like anything about bowling. I think it's dumb. <laughs> You're but so anyway. funny. Good thing. Well, hopefully my old boss isn't hearing this. Yeah. Because she's like a pro bowler. Oh, God. I told Patty I was going home. And she's like, nope, you're going bowling. I don't care how much you hate it. So I went bowling. And then Mike asked me out. Tea. After we got back from bowling and then we were supposed to go out the following weekend because I was working retail and he was working golfing. So he was out early and I was out late. So but then he decided he couldn't wait to see me. So he came over Tuesday for dinner. And then on Valentine's Day, he gave me a ring box. I was like, oh, no, this is a month after I met him. I met him January 17th and this is Valentine's Day. But thank goodness it was a clatter ring. That I still wear. So cute. And then we got engaged on May 26th. And we were going to wait a year to get married. But my dad's like, hey, you're not paying for it anyway. So. Why not? Yeah. Why not? So we got married in November. So cool. Of 1993. Yeah. And then five years later, there I was. <laughs> yep. We tried for about three years to have you. Mm-hmm. And... With the two miscarriages. Then we had you. And then there was... We wanted to have another child. Because mm-hmm. we, di- we didn't... We personally did not want to have an only child. Thank God. And I didn't want to have like three children. <sighs> I want Although have, like, everybody in the family but us has three children and Tommy doesn't have three children. I know. How funny is everybody that? Everybody has They three all children. have three. Everybody Exactly does, three. And like... Us. Yeah, so I, I, th- I think I've talked about this before, but if you guys didn't know, my dad has, well, five now, but he has six other siblings, and um, five of them have kids, and four of them have three kids, which is crazy. I didn't even really think about that. But yeah, I'm glad I'm not an only child. But when we were getting ready to have Jamie, I kind of wanted to wait. But we were concerned about the fact that it took me so long to have Aaron, because it took about three years. That if we waited any longer and we had issues, there'd be five or six years, which I know a lot of families, that's the case. And it it really doesn't matter the age range, but we were hoping to have them just a little bit closer because we think they're a little bit closer. Mm -hmm. Like there's five years between me and my brother. Until we got older, I don't think we were ever really like tight because we were so far apart like i was starting high school he was starting college it's just like two different stages of life you know anyways we were like okay we'll start you know now and lo and behold i got pregnant very quickly with jamie i think once your body figures out what it's supposed to do i guess it knows what to do and i had no problem so our girls are two and a half years apart instead of three and a half like i was hoping i think two and a half is like a good age like meg has two sisters and like they're all she's two and a half years apart from both of them oh and then her and then her oldest and her younger sister are like five years apart but like so like when meg's older sister was a senior in high school meg was a freshman and then when meg was a senior her younger sister was a freshman so it's just cute Mm -hmm. i i I feel like anything more than that is like i just think it's hard it's like that's what i'm saying harder for them to be close like, Jamie and I are three grades apart in school, but we're, like, two and a half years apart. But, yeah. Cute story, right, guys? Love that. Let me find my question. Picked your dad out of scrapbook. How funny. And now here we are. 26 years ago. 27 years ago, almost. Good choice, Mom. You already kind of said this, but it kind of goes along with my question. So, like, obviously, you said that, like, your fertility issues started back in... I mean, college, I guess, technically, because that's when you had, you got, like, sick, right? I had issues back when I was in college that involved me having surgery, which meant taking out most of the organs you need for reproduction. Mm -hmm. But they were able, at that time, they didn't think they could save everything, but they said they would save what they could 
And hopefully, like when I was ready to have kids, it would end up working out. Yeah. So like before you decided to have kids, you already knew that like you were. I was probably going to have problems, yeah. but I didn't know I would have problems. Did like dad know? Obviously. Yeah, he knew. Yeah, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So like obviously you already said that you had two miscarriages before me. Like what was the most challenging part about like going through all of that just combined? I think it's just like the, you know, you're so excited about it and you're so pumped up and then like you lose it and then you're, you know, it's so disappointing that you lost it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's still, it's kind of like, why me or why did it happen? There's really Mm -hmm. no rhyme or reason. Doctors can't tell you why because they don't know. I feel like that's the worst part is that like like something in your body rejected it or something or however the cells combined to perform a you know to make a human something's wrong so you know it's you know you feel like you did something wrong or it's your fault when you really didn't Mm -hmm. and that's probably the biggest thing to wrap your head around and that although it's kind of cliche it just happened and you know as horrible as it is it's probably better off that it happened like earlier than later. Mm-hmm. But like, as you've heard, like there's people where it happens earlier. Like I was kind of in the earlier first trimester, mm-hmm. but it happens throughout the whole thing. I think no matter what is devastating, but I think it's worse the farther you get along in your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just a matter of what did I do? Why me? Those kind of things. But it's really nothing you did. Yeah. I feel like that's something like important to remind yourself. Like it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. But you really just need to surround yourself with whatever will make you feel better. Like if you need to talk about it, if you want like to talk about it. I'm not a huge talker. Yeah. About feelings. me. Me with a podcast. I'm like, oh my God, I hate talking. Just I'm kidding. like, I'm not a huge talker about feelings, but like I knew my mom was there. Yeah. I knew Michael was there. Like, you know, but it's really just something you need to kind of work yourself through so you can come out the other side. Mm-hmm. Looking back now, like what would you tell your younger self like going through this? Tiny Cheryl. <laughs> Tiny, well, I, I guess you were Cheryl Sullivan then. I was a bit like, tiny Cheryl Thorpe. It's kind of like a cliche, like, kind of like this too shall pass. I like that, though. I mean, it sounds pretty like you're blowing it off or whatever, but. I feel like it's hard to remember in, like, moments like that. that everybody it, like, it's goes not through stuff. It's going to get better. It's not going to be, you know, it's only going to stay this dark if you let it stay this dark. So, or you, if you let yourself stay that depressed, mm-hmm. and if you find yourself staying in that moment and you can't get past it, then you really need to. If you can't work it through by yourself or through your family or your friends, there's professionals out there who can help you. Mm-hmm. There's professional groups. There's professional people. And at that point, you really need to think about going elsewhere if you really can't get yourself out of it. And I can understand how you could not get out of it. But you need to, like, try to find something to help you get through it. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you learned from this experience? Well, I learned that if you keep trying, your body will figure it out. And I have two amazing girls right now. Woo! And, you know... It took time. It took patience. Yeah, there was heartache along the way. But I have Erin and I have Jamie. And I'm so grateful for my two girls. I can't even tell you. But I also understand how people may not be able to have the outcome I have. But there's other ways to fulfill that too. You can adopt. There's surrogates. You can foster. There's so many different ways. There's Hundreds of children waiting in America or throughout the world who are waiting for that one parent, for that perfect parents. There's different avenues even for that. So if your main thing is you want to have children, if you can't produce them or have them your own, yourself, there's other ways to go about it. And you really need to seek that out because everybody should be able to be complete. 
Mm-hmm. And some people aren't complete without children. Yeah. Some people are happy not having kids. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But if your desire is to have children and want to be a parent, there's other ways to satisfy that mm-hmm. if you can't have your own. We're going to get into the listener questions now. Are you excited? Yeah. So we have a few. So somebody asked, how did you personally cope? So I guess, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but we didn't. we said we thought we would get into it more later, so... When it's on the lines of like support from friends, did you did you go to therapy or anything? I did not go to therapy. I just kind of worked it out for myself, knowing mm-hmm. that I was kind of under the impression that since my body kind of figured out that, yeah, you could actually get pregnant, it just needed a little help to just stay pregnant. So I figured sooner or later it would happen. I was hoping I wasn't going to have another miscarriage, but I think the fact when you've already had one, I think the second one when it happens isn't as shocking as the first one it still stinks but it's not as shocking and I knew my body could kind of figure it out so as long as my doctors were like saying you're good you're good like I didn't have anything medically wrong that I couldn't have kids I just kind of worked it out like and if I needed to talk about it I talked about it and if mm-hmm. I didn't like but I definitely had you know my mom or Michael was there and you know I just kind of worked it out and just kind of yeah. kept the positive attitude like, yeah, it's going to happen. I just don't know when. Yeah, that was another question too, but you sort of just answered it. Like, were you able to lean on loved ones or get help from other forms of support, which you kind of just said yeah. that you basically leaned on your mom and your husband. Another question that we got is, did you ever want to give up trying to get pregnant? Absolutely not. But that's my experience mm-hmm. because I, like, Good my, point to make. my challenge of getting pregnant was not anywhere near as challenging as some other women go through. I mean, mine was kind of mild compared to the steps some women have to take with the in vitro procedures and the shots and all that. So I never gave up because I knew my body figured it out. It just needed to figure out how to keep it. Mm -hmm. But... Some women are going through the thing where their body can't even figure it out. So personally, in my experience, I never gave up. But I could see where you could want to give up. But I think if that's, again, if that's what's going to complete you, you need to somehow keep trying Mm -hmm. and keep positive about it. Yeah. Sometimes when you're not even thinking about it, that's when it happens. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what happens with a lot of things. so hard to get pregnant, you get pregnant. Mm Mm-hmm. Like with Jamie, we weren't really focused on getting pregnant. We figured, you know, if it happens, it happens. And yeah, it happened right away for us. But I think like if you give yourself a break, like it'll happen and you're not so stressed about it. It'll Mm -hmm. happen. And the final question we got is that do you think that we should normalize talking about women's issues such as fertility abortion childbirth postpartum etc like or slash like do you think there's like a stigma behind talking about it like people don't talk about it enough well i think they're definitely touchy subjects Mm -hmm. and they're definitely trigger points for some people but i don't see why you can't talk about it among yourselves and you know people you know or people you feel comfortable talking about it I probably wouldn't feel comfortable talking about it like with certain friends I have just because of I know what their opinions are. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you should be able to talk about anything. But I also understand society is not always like that. Yeah. And sometimes it's a little combative for people. So it really comes down to what you're personally comfortable talking about. Because I have people in my life who will talk about anything with anybody at any time. Mm-hmm. I'm a little more reserved because I don't know if I really want to get into that battle with you. Yeah. But I think they're all important topics. And I like to try to educate myself on different things. And a lot of the topics I don't talk about is I don't have the statistics yeah. like you have. Mm-hmm. I don't think there should be a stigma attached to any of it. No, Because somebody somewhere is going through it and may need your help. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we're moving as society in a way that's being more, like, open and being more, like, progressive, I guess, and, like, talking about that stuff and not really, like, shielding everything. Because, I mean, I feel like it's easier, too, on, like, a podcast, too, to talk about everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we've talked about so many different things on the podcast from, like, 
sex, like mental health, like all of that stuff, it's a little bit easier because it feels like we're just like having a conversation right now. And so like, I don't know, I hope that if one person's listening to this and they have like a family member or a friend that's gone through this or like they're going through it themselves, that this can help them at least in like some regard to realize that, like we said, the major takeaway from this is that they aren't alone. I definitely feel like in today's day and age, people do talk about stuff more than they ever did. Mm -hmm. I mean, people don't talk about breast cancer and people having cancer and people having miscarriages like, you know, advertising it on, you know, you're seeing all about this information on Good Morning America or whatever show, podcasts like like yours and other like Instagram things and programs where back when I was growing up, you never talked about any of this stuff. So I think people are more open and willing to talk about issues Mm -hmm. than they ever have been in the past. Yeah. I mean, that's why, like, I was nervous to ask you to come on and talk about this, but I just wanted to, like, bring it to the podcast because, like, I feel like, like I already said, we talk about a lot of, no, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, controversial stuff, but, like, stuff that's not always, like, the easiest to say. And, like, the podcast is Love You Mean It. We're trying to spread the love and, like, it's not, like, we're not trying to, like, make it just one kind of person like we're interviewing people who are in like the lgbtq community and then we interview people like this right now and then like entrepreneurs and stuff like we want like everybody to feel involved and to feel like i don't know that like we care about them and that they have like a place because it can be hard i feel like on the internet too to feel like or even if you don't like some people may have gone through a miscarriage and and not even have any family members or friends that have gone through one in the past I would agree with that. I'm really grateful that you came on, though. I had a lot of fun. I'm happy I did. I think it was really great. If you guys, I mean, obviously, we already said this before. Follow us on Instagram. You can support the podcast down below. You can shop the merch in the link. And we'll see you guys on Monday. Well, I will, not my mom. But thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. I will also leave some resources in, like, the show notes down below that you guys can check out if you or someone you know is struggling and Without further ado, love you, mean it. Love you, mean it. Bye, everyone. Bye.